Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including disability and income inequality. This week, we're talking kids. Polls over the last year or so show that more Americans who aren't already parents say they are unlikely to have them. This, as the CDC reports, that the birth rate in the nation dropped 4% in 2020, with the lowest number of births since 1979. A Pew Research survey found that more than half of non-parents just don't want to have kids. And it's not just about the pandemic. Jordan Davidson spoke to more than 300 people for her upcoming book, So When Are You Having Kids?, and tells us why for so many, the answer is never. That conversation after this short break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think one of the things that really set in for me is how individual and personal of a decision this is. A lot of times people want to pinpoint one reason why people aren't having kids. And today there's a lot of reasons. And for some folks, their one reason weighs more heavily on them than others. But most people have multiple reasons for not wanting to have children. And usually one wins or weighs a little bit heavier on them. But there, there is no one single reason for most people. I think I probably should back up and start with, so what kind of response when you say to people, well, when are you having kids? Do they go, <laughs> gah, or do they go, oh, tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because so many people hate getting that question. And I was surprised by when I would ask, you know, people would just go off for 20 minutes explaining their thought-making process. So I was really fortunate that so many people were so open with me. I think the pandemic for a lot of people was a huge opportunity for them to evaluate their lives and what they wanted from them. So a lot of people had goals before the COVID-19 pandemic that, you know, a year, two years in, those goals aren't the same that they were in 2019. And so for people who were thinking, you know what, maybe I'll have kids in two years, those two years don't look the same as what they imagined they would look like in 2019. So a lot of people have changed their planning because they still want to accomplish the things that they set out to accomplish before 2019. Um, or the pandemic has changed their lives so significantly that those goals don't fit in currently to what their lives look like now. Let's talk money and maybe specifically about a couple of co of couples that said that their main reason they're not going to do this. A new there was a new report that came out last week that having a child costs now over $300,000. And I think a lot of people look at that price tag 
bank and look at their lives and say, how am I affording that? And of course, the $300,000 doesn't all come in the first year. You don't take your baby home from the hospital. And I mean, you in a lot of cases, you get a, a large bill for the birth, but you don't get that $300,000 bill up front. But people look at that and their student loans, their rents, their you know inabilities to buy a home. And they think, how am I supposed to afford this over the next 17, 18 years? And that has really given people a lot of pause. I spoke to one couple and they have a house worth of student loans, you know, over $165,000. And to them, that's the priority is, is paying that off because they don't want to be trying to figure out how to raise children and pay off their private student loan debt. I know that you also spoke with a couple where the uh, wife said one of her issues is racism in the healthcare system. And as a black woman, she wasn't trying to go through that. Yes. So that was for the black women that I spoke with, the black maternal mortality rate was something that was a massive concern for them. And they look at famous women who have given birth, Serena Williams and Beyonce, and seeing the you know adverse outcomes that they had or the challenges that they had in their birthing experiences and think if this happened to someone who is you know well off and famous, what's going to happen to me and not wanting to take those odds? What kind of things did men have to say that you talked to and were were they pretty much down on the side of, yeah, we're not doing this or were some of them on the fence? Some men were on the fence. I think some of the men that I spoke to that were leaning toward no, uh, some of it was that they liked their lives now without children. Some of it was they looked at the model that their fathers were and didn't want to replicate that and were concerned that they didn't have the skills to be a better father. Uh, for some, it was really more of, for those in a heterosexual relationship, it was more of the female partner who was saying like, hey, listen up, I'm not going to be able to be a stay-at-home mom. We are going to need both of our salaries in order to make a family work. And I don't want to do the bulk of raising a child. And so for some men who that was the model that they saw where the woman is the primary caregiver, that gave them a lot of pause too of, okay, I have to work. It's not going to look like it It looked in my family. And how am I going to balance all of these things? I think one of the more amusing answers, and I'm not a mom, okay, come for me, people. I'm not a mom. But somebody <laughs> basically said, children are sticky. <laughs> A lot of people have a lot of different reasons. And one of the things that always strikes me as the most interesting is when other people hear someone say, oh, I'm not going to have children. And if it's for a reason that they don't deem, you know, legitimate, like children are sticky, uh, they they go back to that person who doesn't want to have kids and say, that's selfish. And when I spoke to people who didn't want to have children and I said to them, what do you say to people who call you selfish? They kind of, they flip that on their heads and say, well, wouldn't it be selfish to have children if I know that I don't want them? If I know that I don't like children, wouldn't it be selfish to bring a child into the world that I don't want to care for? And 
what do you say to that? I think that that's, that's an entirely valid point that, you know, everyone that I spoke to, those who are on the fence or those who are leaning towards no, or those who definitely don't want children, for all of them across the board, there is concerns about the child and wanting to make sure that the child has a good life and that they're prepared to parent. And for people who don't have an interest in parenting, to them, being the best parent to a child is not having a child at all. And that's how you make sure that, you know, you're not bringing a person into the world that you don't want to care for. Right. I also found it interesting that a lot of people cited climate change as one person said, who knows what the planet's going to look like in 40 years, right? Yes. So I spoke to quite a few people who, for them, climate change was kind of a far away problem. We've seen projections from climate scientists saying, you know, if we don't do this by 2050 or things will look really bad in, in 2100. And now that's kind of at our doorsteps. One woman that I spoke to, she lives in Portland and she was, you know, there was that massive heat wave in Portland and she has asthma and all of a sudden, you know, her asthma got really out of control during the heat wave and it wasn't a far away problem anymore. It was something that was affecting her right now and she wasn't prepared for that. And that really made her sit and think, is this the world that I want to bring children into? And if this is what it's like today, when I thought that this problem wasn't here yet, what is it going to look like in 20 and 30 years? And and what will that be like for my children? And that's really scaring people. I'm curious, Jordan, would you think your responses were more 50-50 or were, more, or were far more people coming down on the side of, yeah, nope, not doing that? I think... The majority of people that I spoke to who were either on the fence or leaning toward no, most of them were open-ish to the possibility that their minds could change. I think younger people, those in their 20s, had a lot stronger of opinions of this is the way that I'm feeling right now. I'm not sure that it will change. Maybe it will. And, and people in their 30s were saying, oh, maybe if my partner feels really strongly, that'll push me one way or another. But right now we're leaning toward no. I think a lot of people are kind of just waiting and waiting it out to see and don't feel pressure to decide. One of the things that I say is it's really easy to imagine a life without children because for those people, that's the life that they're living. So to imagine a child's free life, well, that's the reality that you're in. And it's hard for people to imagine how much their lives will change if they have children. And so I think that people are kind of waiting and, and seeing if they feel more certain or if time changes their opinion. But for right now, a lot of people are saying no and feeling comfortable with their decision, but also keeping keeping a, a a little bit of optimism and keeping a little bit of, okay, maybe I'll feel differently in a few years, even if they don't see that changing right now. So did you talk to anybody who was very strongly, yes, we're having children, we're having 100 children? <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to, so I did speak to people also who have children because I wanted to know why did you have children? What, you know, if, if we're looking at everyone in this same, you know, age demographic, which really I interviewed people from 20 to their mid forties, uh, 
and a few people uh, who fell outside of that window, but that was the the core. I wanted to know why some people did decide to have children. And a lot of those people just kind of knew. They, they cited as a gut feeling. They always knew they wanted kids. And as soon as they felt ready, or for some people, you know, they just let nature decide and, and stopped actively preventing it from happen from happening. And so for people who did want children, yes, a lot of them have the same concerns. And among the parents that I spoke to, some people wanted three or four children, and now they're happy with two. Uh, I spoke to one person who has one child and always thought she would want two. And now she's looking at how challenging it is raising one child and thinking, I think one is enough for me. So I think it's not just people are deciding not to have children. People are reevaluating their family planning choices across the spectrum, whether that's the size of their family, when they have children. Uh, The birth rate has changed significantly. So young people really aren't having children, but the rate of which older people, those who are 35 between 44 has really increased and has made, hasn't made up for the number of young people who are delaying, but has increased beyond what we have seen in previous years for those age groups. So people are delaying the choice, I think is, is really kind of the best way to put it. The challenge is, is that the longer you wait, especially for those who were assigned female at birth, biology plays a huge role. So unless you freeze eggs or which, you know, isn't a guarantee that if you freeze eggs that you'll be able to use them later, that's the biology really comes into play when you delay the choice into your late 30s and early 40s. That's Jordan Davidson, editorial director of health.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Here's a question always on the go. Yeah, you are. Now you can take CBS Mornings with you and we want to go. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews with today's leading figures in politics, business and entertainment in the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. Available every weekday wherever you get your podcast.